Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you fucking ready? Are you fucking ready? Are you ready? I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you ready? Because we are fucking back. Can you believe it? It's been God damn way too long since I've heard your voice. Oh no, you're probably saying that about me right now. Yeah, fuck off. But yeah, it's been far too long. Um, this is Jonas Cope with Cocktail Cult. And I'm here tonight with my good friend Nick Tango of Boost Beverage. He's the regional sales manager and he's got a fucking fantastic portfolio for us to taste this evening. Um, we've been through some trials and tribulations since we last spoke. Uh, global pandemics, fucking earthquakes, typhoons, indictments of fucking Donald Trump, you know, all kinds of crazy shit. This world is pretty fucked right now. But we're all still here because you can hear my voice and you're still here too uh, above ground because you're listening to me. So anyway, um, we're going to get going here with a nice little rum tasting. It looks like we've got some savory notes here at the end um, that are probably going to make my ass on fire tomorrow, but that's beside the point. We're going to do a little tasting here um, and then get into some banter about whatever, I don't know, exotic cars or, you know, micro penises, who the fuck knows at this point. But either way, so glad that you're with us. Our sponsors, as always, are EquusHospitality.com, E-Q-U-E-S-H-O-S-P-I-T-A-L-I-T-Y.com. Um, again, Boost Beverage is our, um, our brand of choice this evening. Um, they've got some fantastic products and I'm going to give the microphone over to Nick Tango and let him talk a little bit about this first tasting here. Well, hello everybody. My name is Nick Tango. I am the regional manager for Boost Beverage. I cover New Jersey down through the mid-Atlantic and today I have some very beautiful rums that we're going to be talking about specifically. We may trail off into other things, who the hell knows, but we're just gonna run with it. So, to start off. Did you just say we're gonna run with it? I did say we're gonna run with it. Okay, I'm down with that. Hey, listen, are there any ramifications? There could be. I don't know what they might be, but there certainly could be. I can take that. But I'm going to stop with the puns there. Wow. 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 <laughs> Can you fucking believe we're back? We are. I've been meaning to do this for two fucking years, but we're back. All right. What do we got? So we're, we're going to start talking about one of the first brands. I think we're going to go around the world a little bit. So we'll start in Martinique. So Martinique is actually an island of France. Um, it is one of the only islands in the Caribbean that have never been conquered, uh, believe it or not. Um, but you said it was French. What's up? Yeah. You said it was French. Because the French, like... Con had to have well, conquered it The French some conquered point. it originally. So never reconquered. Never reconquered. Okay, all right. That's a good way to run around to that. All right. So the French, like, held on to that, like, more than any of the other islands, like, throughout the Caribbean. Um... Martinique with the rum, that's all made from fresh pressed sugarcane juice instead of the traditional molasses. Um, there's a good story to start with that with where rum Clement uh, comes from. So rum Clement was originated from a gentleman, uh, Homer Clement. Uh, he was one of the first uh, black doctors from Martinique that went over to um, Paris to study. And when he came back over to Martinique, he was doing um, some studies on Armagnac and things like that. And he went over to France to study alcohol. 
What's he was, that? He was already a doctor. Yeah, no, he went over to become a doctor, and then he was also studying alcohol. And then he was into booze. Okay, mm-hmm. so so he was a doctor boozer, which like most doctors now are boozers. Absolutely, you know they write a prescription for something. Yes. So, Indeed. what happened was um, Homer Clement um, was hanging out in Martinique, and he started buying pretty much um, distill. Uh, well, they were sugarcane plantations. And the sugarcane plantations, when he was purchasing them during a dark time of the Caribbean, um, he was turning them into kind of like a way to make sugar production, but give wages and kind of like fix that whole wrong into a right. So he was not using slave labor. No. He was using, he was actually paying people. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. We're down with that. Yeah, 100%. We like paying people. 100%. So... You know, the people were working good, everything was great, and then in the early 1900s, um, there was a volcano that Martinique uh, resides on called Mount Pele. So, Mount Pele is a very active uh, volcano around that time. So, um, Homer, who sat on, like, a governmental board, was kind of, like, noticing that the mountain was smoking. So there's some seismic activity. There was a little bit of seismic activity. So, you know, Homer went to a council meeting and he said, hey guys, like, you know, um, I I think something's going on up there. Like, we should probably, like, get out of here. And Let's bounce. Let's bounce. And the town was like, no, everything is great. Because that's how, you know, the French are. You know, just... Oui, oui, bonjour. That's it. Oh, we don't see no smoke on that mountain over there, huh? Merci beaucoup. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Homer took it pretty serious and said, hey, guys, like, nah, I think the volcano is going to erupt, and um, I-, I think we should all get out of here, which, you know, everybody in the government was like, Homer, you're crazy. Like, it's not going to erupt. Like, stop making a big deal out of this and scaring all the people, which Homer then said, well, you know, screw you guys. I'm going to go to my side of the island. Which they said, well, hey, Homer, do you go there? You're done. And he said, okay, I'm done. He went to his side of the island. Guess what happened? How big is the island? I, I've been to a lot of the Caribbean islands. I've never been to Martinique. I mean, it's it's decently big, you know, like it's, it's it takes time to travel around. So from one, one end to the neck, from the left side to the right side? Several hours. Oh, okay. So it's big. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So Homer went there. Like, uh, you could drive around the whole island of Puerto Rico in, like, four hours or something. Yeah, you can't you know? drive around Martin. You can oh, okay, so it's big. Sure. Yeah, 100%. Okay, cool. Um, so, Homer went, went over to his side of the island. Meaning, like, the side of the island that's not going to get exploded on because the he's, fucking volcano's on the other side. Away. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And the volcano erupted, which, like, pretty much decimated the population of Martinique. Like, decimated. And this is... Early 1900s, late 1800s? Uh, Early 1900s. I want to say, I think around 1922. Um, So that happened. And Homer was one of a handful of survivors. One of the other survivors um, was actually in the circus uh, in the um, early 1900s after that as the man who survived the apocalypse. He woke up. He was jailed. And the jail had a hole in the door. From the volcano. From the volcano, from the volcanic activity. Wow. So he survived the pretty much Martinique apocalypse of the volcano 
by being jailed. Hey, I mean, the sun shines on a dog's ass every now and again, huh? Hey, you know, when in the Caribbean. Yeah, I mean, you know, what happens in the Caribbean stays in the Caribbean. Ah, except rum, because it's made its way over to the United States of America at this point. And one really fun thing after, like, at least that story of talking about, like... So he founded this company? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Homer founded this company. Um, The distillery today is actually, like, a World Heritage site. Is it on his side of the island? It's on his side of the island. Cool. Yeah. Original Um, distillery that he built on on his farm? The original distillery is still there. Cool. Um, It's actually made into more of a museum at this point. You've been there? Yeah, I've been there uh, several times. Nice. It's beautiful. Um, And it really highlights of not just, like, the positive things in the Caribbean, but everything in the Caribbean. You've had Clement in your portfolio for many years. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, about five years now I've had in my my portfolio. Um, So one thing that stands out of what we're sipping on today while we're talking about this is the Rum Clement VSOP. Um, The reason why I wanted to pull out the VSOP is because we could start talking about age statements and law standards to... um, be able to make what's in this bottle that you see today. So we'll start with a little history of the fields of uh, Martinique. So can uh, we go and just in case the listeners here, which are always highly educated, so they don't confuse VSOP with very special old penis. Like what does the VSP actually stand for? Because it's not very special old penis. You fucking perverts. Get that sick thought out of your mind. (laughs) It's actually very special old pagina. Oh, pagina. <laughs> is that Caribbean for like doing the cha-cha-cha? A little Creole, but ah, very, right. very okay. broken slang. But no, VSOP stands for a very special old pale. Um, old pale? Old pale. Pale meaning barrel? Mm-hmm. Okay. So VSOP, very special old pale. Pale meaning barrel. Okay. Excellent. So when we talk about age, age statements on different spirits, and this can go from rum to bourbon to tequila to whatever your heart desires, um, a lot of times when they say something is at a certain age, um, it does have that age in it. But um, with laws and angel share loss, you, you may find that some spirits are topped off with something that may be a little bit younger than what you're finding in that bottle, which is a common practice, and that's called Solera uh, blending. Solera blending is typically with rum, though. Uh, well, I at guess... Least, at, least, at least publicized and marketed and labeled. Yeah, you, you hear about it more commonly talked about in the rum community, for sure. But, I mean, in the whiskey community, you know, when you lose angel share of something... You know, it's going to be topped off. So but you're not a reading form. a label of a Kentucky bourbon that says Solera on it. No. So what? What is the Solera process? And so, I know you're probably just getting to that. So I'll just shut the fuck up. And no, 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 no. I know absolutely. Um, so the Solera pr- process of it is think of um, all right. Uh, we'll start with a barrel, and this barrel has a hundred percent. Uh, spirit in it. Now, after in Martinique, uh, one year, that barrel can lose up to 13% um, angel share. So 
Let's just round... That much in one year? Yeah, because you're on a volcanic mountain, elevated, so you have a very hot tropical climate, and those barrels are going to constantly breathe. Yeah. So as they're breathing, you know... 13% is a lot. Yeah, well, you know, the juice is getting soaked into the barrel, it's evaporating out of that, and then, you know, you're just losing. So... Um, and some motherfuckers are probably going in there, like, middle of the night, you know, distillery workers, and they're just taking rips right off the barrel. Because I know that's what I would be doing. Quality control. Exactly. Quality exactly. control. So, um, what's being lost in those barrels, um, you know, in normal spirits, have to be compensated some way. Uh, because you're just going to lose a bunch of, like, inventory and, like, money. So what, what is done at that point is it's usually topped off with something that's like younger. Um, with Martinique rum, due to the fact that they follow the AOC, which is the Appalachian Original Control, um, that is the same law that when you see champagne, Armagnac, Cognac, cheese, um, those laws to make that follow the same laws to make French rum. Uh, French rum, since it's in Martinique, has to follow the same laws as what um, France follows. So, when this VSOP goes into a barrel, it's going to sit in the barrel for a minimum of four years. Now, you're going to say, well, you just said 13% could be lost every year. So, that's a lot after four years. So, what's that, like, topped off with? Well, there's... It's 52%. That is. So there's this process called... If I'm wrong, don't fucking... I don't want to be tweeted about it or emailed about it. That was just quick off the top of my head. My mouth sucks, okay? And the rum is good. <laughs> yes. yes, it is. So what's, what's being lost in like that is then being compensated with an excess that they're making. So there's barrels of four year. That'll get pulled in. So all the barrels get popped open. It goes into stainless steel. And then once it goes into stainless steel, then it is filled with something that is four years or older. The barrels are then filled with four years or older, not mm -hmm. the bottles. No, the barrels. Yeah, yeah the barrels re are refilled. Yeah, you're, so you're, okay, I've got barrel A that's whatever, X amount of years old. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking four-year-old fill and then just refilling the barrel with it to make it whole again based on the fact that you've lost then... 52% over the last four years. Yes, but you're not losing 52%. You're, you're losing at that point barrels. Just, you know, it's all the same spirit, but you're consolidating all that into a stainless steel. Yeah, because you're doing all in for me. Yeah, yeah. So when you have that, that like number that you have to refill it in, then they'll, they'll go through the distillery. All right, well, you know, there could be a quarter barrel left of six year. There could be... How... My question is this. How does... How are you able to, to maintain the proper consistency to continually offer, in this case, the Clement, like VSOP, year after year after year, if you're constantly blending different distillate with what you've already had in barrels? You're, you that, know, there's a six-year here, there's a four-year there, there's like, you know, and you're kind of just blending it together do, do the do does each each year's production vary just a little bit based on the fact that there's some unknown variables with what barrels are going to pull and all kind of stack together in the fermentation tank or well, see, in the, that, in the that's, stainless steel tanks that's the joy of it because what you're talking about there is already a step forward of like 
where it starts. So depending on the year with the sugarcane yield, um, sure, you know, there could be a differentiation in flavor due to how the heavy sugar rains came. or a Absolutely. blight or too much sun or some guy went into the fields and jacked off all over the sugar cane. Well, that's a story for another time. Well, but. We, well we, might, <laughs> we might get there. We've got three or four different rums to, to Yeah, but taste the, none of these brands today. But, <laughs> yeah, but what, yes. I can, what I can tell you, though, is with the Clamont VSOP is that um, the rum is made up of a variety of sugar canes. And there's only like a certain amount of sugar canes that are allowed by the um, AOC to be made into the rum. So... Like, you know, you may find, like, uh, red sugarcane, blue sugarcane, yellow sugarcane, black sugarcane, um, you know, not trying to throw, like, a, a traffic light at you, but, like, there's certain types of species of sugarcane that are, like, kind of, like, okayed by the AOC laws to be able to, like, go in there. So sure. think of, like, how, like, scotch, you know, let's talk about a mainstream level, Johnny Walker, you know, like... That master distiller has to take whatever's thrown at him to make something consistent every single year. Yeah. So you whatever know, whatever's bought in bulk that they think is gonna be, you know, a consistent product for them, sure. Yeah, so you know, like turn that over into the guy, the master distiller at Clement, you know, that is pretty much doing like something very similar. Now that guy, um, he came from Hennessy before working uh, for Clement. So, you know, he has the background of, you know... He's got a tuned palate because he's been working with Cognac for a long time, which tends to have, um, I mean, uh, probably a, a more robust and heavier flavor. Um, rum can be very subtle and sexy, is mm -hmm. what I'll call it. Mm -hmm. um, How about Romantic. Romantic, yeah. <laughs> I, I see this is not your first Romeo. Romeo? Romeo? Well, whatever. Anyway, so, all right. That's a great story, and now we know a little bit more about the bottle. What, what does it smell like? What does it taste like? Mm. I mean, that's what everyone's just really on the edge of your seats. Are you people on the edge of your seats? I'm on the edge of my seat because well, I'm thirsty and I want to drink this shit. All well, right? I could tell you that the rum that we're drinking um, with the flavors and the notes that you're going to pull is since this is pre uh, fresh pressed sugarcane juice, you're going to get more um, nuances of like what you would find in like, well, think about this like drinking a wine, you know, um, it's going to have a ton of terroir. So I find that when sipping on the VSOP, um, going into French oak and then finished the next bourbon, yeah, you get those like subtle vanilla notes that you're going to look for for the, the traditional bourbon drinker that, you know, is trying something new. But what I really like to dive into is if you look at this as a wine, you know, you should be start pulling some like spearmint notes and menthol notes, you know, maybe a little bit of like pepper, um, you know. I definitely got a little here. pepper and I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my fucking big fucking Slovak nose, but. I'm Hungarian. So I'm getting like, some, some, I don't know if I, it's just something stuffed up in my nose, but I'm getting some like tangerine or some shit, some orange peel. Ah, uh, you know, I love that you say that because that's uh, one of Ben Jones' favorite ways of um, talking about Rum Clement is, you know, when we start getting into the ages, um, burnt orange peel is yeah. a very good thing that like you can start people with and then like build off of like from there. So you're, you're not wrong by saying that. Um, what I think is beautiful about this is it's just not like thrown in a barrel saying it's a four-year-age rum, you know. It, it goes in French oak, 
And the reason why it's going in French oak is, you know, for traditional VSOPs. You new know, French oak. Yeah. It's going in new French oak. And then... Dense as fuck. That oh, yeah. dense as fuck. Oh, fuck yeah, man. You don't it's, get as much, as much uh, you know, disintegration as you do with, you know, Romanian or American. Like, French oak's dense as... I mean, French people are dense as fuck. Uh, you know, it's a knock-knock kind of thing. I'm not saying that, all right? Uh, I didn't say that. I love, we love French people, especially the women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I'm not. But, you know, your baguettes are good, too. Yeah, uh, comme ça. Um. <laughs> and they specifically use French oak, obviously, because Martinique is a French colony. I'll say. Yeah, so yeah. Um, Martinique, with them using French oak, um, you know, the French oak always comes off a little bit more stringent and, like, heats up the spirit a bit. Um, then it's getting finished in ex-bourbon casks. And going into ex-bourbon casks, that's Which are charred, and they've got bourbon saturation, so you're getting some of the bourbon notes in there. Oh, to yeah. To kind of round out some of the original complexities and or um, uh, any, in, you know, um, uh, some of the imperfections, maybe, that could be in this after it's blended... You know, just to kind of round everything out. It's like the rug that ties the room together, like the Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. So, you know, let's get some credit to the guy that, like, works with these barrels. Um, you know, what what they're doing is this brave, brave guy from Martinique is getting these barrels. A lot of these barrels are sourced from Brown Foreman. Um, they come out to the Caribbean. They come in wet, like soaking fucking wet. And they pop them open. And um, what they do is they get a spray bottle pretty much of like super overproof rum and they spray the inside of these barrels with like overproof rum. And once that barrel is like saturated with that, this guy pretty much takes like an Indiana Jones torch and is like puts his arm like right in there and then gets it out as quick as he can, you know, because that's extra terroir if he doesn't. Um, well, so, arm hair is never, never a bad thing eh. when you're, you know, trying to age spirits. No, 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 absolutely. If Just there's, work. if he gets, if, if he loses a thumbnail, even better, you know, you get an eyebrow in there, that's like bonus points, you know what I mean? <laughs> and if you get an ear, well, then maybe you're dealing with like some kind of Evander Holyfield thing, well, you, you know? know? a French dunder pit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so once, um, you know, they burn out the barrel pretty much like, so the gentleman puts his, um, you know, puts a torch in there with overproof rum, it burns out the barrel and then they pretty much take like a spade shovel style and they scrape the barrel out. So once that barrel is all scraped and, and like finished at that point, that's where the rum is then being like rested like in there. So after it comes out of French oak, it's getting finished in like those kind of barrels and that Which just, are the heavy carbon. I mean, that's where they're probably getting 90% of the carbon influence is because that barrels beat the shit. Yeah, and I've seen barrels out there that are used up to like 20 times. Wow. So it's interesting, you know, like wow. they, they get their uses out of these barrels. Sure. And then, you know, pretty much like after it's aged in that and comes out, it's this beautiful spirit that you have right here. So we've done some... Um, We've done some nosing here on this, all right? While well, you people were nosing each other at home. Um, we're going to fucking taste it. I mean, I've already tasted it, but I'm going to taste it again because the first time I tasted it, it tasted delicious. So I'm going to taste it again. And then we're going to give you some tasting notes. And then <clears throat> we're going to tell you um, where you can either order this or if you want, you can break the window of a local you know, dram shop in your town and, and hopefully find a bottle on the shelf. 
Um, I'm not telling you to commit a crime, but, um, you know, if that's the only way to get it, well, then you got to do what you got to do. So here, here we go. Here, here goes. Ah. Nick's already done with his. <laughs> it's fucking delicious. I mean, really fucking, really well done. I mean, after that, I hope it was. <laughs> I mean, that's like, it's like soft where it's supposed to be. Rough where it's supposed to be, it's like the perfect woman, you know? Yeah, well, you know, what you're getting here is 100% fresh pressed sugarcane juice that is aged the right way and is completely transparent about, you know, what it is. You know, you hear farm to table, well, grass to glass. It's not your quintessential, like, oh, brown sugar, vanilla, like, ooh, fruity, bitty, fruity, baby, baby, you know, bullshit, you know, with like this overpowering, like, over oak like shit water that you know a lot of a lot of people think that that's what rum is this is like subtle as fuck i mean it's like i said it's soft and i just keep going back to this like you know burnt orange kind of uh vibe with yes there's a little bit of vanilla and definitely an underlining um you know a, a, a bridge of oak that then takes you to you know a a wee bit of spice land, but not too much. Like it's all really subtle and, and there's a lot of layers and a lot of depth and complexity going on that it's not, it, it's very, very well balanced. Yeah. So is what you, I'll say. If you, really, really well balanced. If you're looking at like, you know, every, all the flavors and nuances that you just kind of threw through there, like you find that growing off of like the side of the volcanic mountain, the Mount Pele, you know, so um, when it storms, um, that kind of gets pulled into the sugar cane. So it's not like there's any additional flavors or anything to pull like these like orange peel notes or, you know, mint notes or whatever it may be. Um, this is literally, you can see the plants growing up and down the distillery to see how it gets like put into the sugar cane. I just think that's very beautiful. I'm trying to find the mint and I'm losing it. There's another herb in there that I can't, I can't find it yet. I just, it's there though. Well, I find that when you talk about the white rum, uh, the white rum's a lot more greener. And I feel that when the agricole rum hits a barrel, the uh, notes turn into more of like tea notes, you know, so... Oh, I could definitely see some tea in here. So I don't know maybe if that's what you're pulling out of it, um, but like that's definitely a, black, a change Definitely that like happens. black tea, like finished now. Like I, I, you know, I swallowed that sip like two minutes ago, but I'm still getting a change on my palate. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm like, I'm digging in right now trying to like find that mint. And maybe the mint is where... Like more upfront, where it's not where I am now with the flavor profile, because I'm now two minutes in. But there's definitely an herb there that it's not. It's like fucking I don't know. It's not tarragon. It's somewhere close to that, like Sherville or something. It's something super subtle with a little anise, but like I don't even want to say the word because. It's not. It's like, well, no, but just right. It's just right there. So anise does grow on on the mountain, so you could find that. 
but I'm I'm two minutes in with tasting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but that just goes to prove that like rum is such an underappreciated category that everyone wants like aged bourbons, aged bourbon, bourbon, rye, scotch. Like, yeah, those are great. Don't get me wrong. I love them to death. That's most of my fucking, my, my bottle line up here. But like rums are so beautiful and, and yes, they've got a little bit more sweetness normally. This does not though. Like, like, like Maker's Mark is 10 times sweeter, quote unquote, than what we just tasted. Like you want something that builds on the palate that's like fucking like it makes your makes it makes it move a little bit. All right. Yeah. This will give you a chubby for crying out loud. Ah, uh, well, I, I like to sum up Rum Clement as being the, um, rum, the, the rum for bourbon drinkers. You know, if you're, you're tired of drinking, you know, your everyday bourbons or just tired of spending the money on it and you want a, a good value for the buck and want to have something that's like, you know, worth it. So we talk about the VSOP being four years old, like, but things in Martinique have an acceleration age of, that could be up to three, um, like three times. So. Well, and that's exactly, and that's some people need to understand that too, because different places in the world have different barrel saturation, meaning that, um, you know, you can stick the same juice in a barrel in Scotland and in India and Martinique and in Alaska, and they're all going to age completely differently based on uh, the temperature, the humidity, the barometric pressure, any kind of wind or air movement, where they are in the in the rickhouse, whether the top shelf, bottom shelf, middle shelf. There's so many mitigating factors that go into how things actually age and especially what receptacle they're in. Is it French oak? Is it Romanian oak? Is it fucking American oak? Is has been there something in it before? Like, like it just is. There's there's like a lot of science behind it that like nerds get paid like a lot of money for that I don't know anything about because I'm a fucking Neanderthal. But you know, like it does make that much. It, it makes a huge difference. Like yeah. where things are located and, and what what geographic location they're in. You know, I, I've had a couple different barrels from Rum Clement, um, you know, to taste on site where, you know, one may be on this part of the distillery, one may be inside, one may be over here. But the point is, is that I could try three different barrels, let's say, at four years each. And depending on where they are based on the angel share and all that, they may taste like completely different. Are they the same like, you know, are they the same sugarcane varietals? Yeah, sure. Are are they four years old, like m minimum to call aged rum? Yeah, they are. But like, depending on where they're sitting, you know, if you have more of an angel share loss, then you have more concentrated flavors that are going to compensate in that. So like, it just all kind of plays out. The Caribbean's a wild west. It, it really is. Yeah, uh, it's the wild fucking East Indies. Ah, uh, uh, the Wild East Indies. Hashtag. Should I hashtag it? Wild East Indies? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> All right. From this day on, I'm, I'm hashtagging. We here at Cocktail Cult own the hashtag of Wild East Indies. All right, I'm writing it down to make it official. Wild East, I-N-D-I-E-S, Indies. There. Wild East Indies, okay? Hashtag, that means we own it. If you try and use it in any marketing, we will find you on Facebook and we will report you. And you will be banned for Facebook for four days. Don't do it, people. 
We know that you like to look up your ex-girlfriends and boyfriends and stalk them. Yeah. So don't get banned by using our hashtag, which is Wild East Indies. And then when you're allowed to get back on Facebook, I'm just going to like your profile picture from 11 years ago. Oh, to let my you know, God. I know. That's the weirdest thing ever, and it's one of the most amazing things. Hey, get the point across. Somebody likes a photo from 2014, 2009. You're like, I haven't seen this picture in 12 years. How the fuck did you unearth it? Somebody went back that far enough. 3 a.m. in the morning, Adderall's wearing off. Swipe, swipe, swipe. It's 2007 again. Are, what are they doing? Are they jacking off, just looking at the chronological order backwards of all your picks? Yeah, who knows? Not that I would know anything about anything like that. <laughs> what happened was... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See what happened was. So, well, so going from Rum okay. Clement... Hold on. Uh, the VSOP Rum Clement... Where can all right? We're we're in Jersey right now. Whatever market you're in, just you could probably order it on TotalWine.com or something. Oh, shit. for sure. But like you know, if you're anywhere along Central Jersey, you can find it at multiple multiple store locations. Correct. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And what's the price point typically around? Ah, typically it should be in like the forty dollar range. So forty bucks, you get a delicious bottle of rum, or you could spend forty dollars on some, you know. MGP dog shit fill, you know, bourbon or whiskey. Yeah, well, you know, the, I, dog. I don't. I shouldn't say dog shit. Just generic. Yeah, that could be somebody's craft brand. <laughs> that the, I'm looking at probably ten of them just on on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the the important thing to know about Rum Clement is yeah. that there's a huge amount of transparency there. You know, they follow the laws of the AOC to create the rums that you're sipping from them. So. When you see an age statement on there, you know the, the, the youngest to touch the lips would be the oldest that they're saying. That sounds like somewhat perverted. Well, hey, I didn't make the rules. The youngest that touches the lips is the oldest they're saying? Kane, we move on. God. <laughs> Damn. Yes. Moving on. And we really appreciate everybody that's con- still listening to this because it's hard for me to even get through listening to myself talk as much as I have this evening. Um, but there has been a lot of radio silence, so we actually really appreciate you guys coming back after, like, fuck, it's been like a two-year hiatus. And at some point, I'll tell you everything that's happened in the last two years, um, day by day and minute by minute and hour by hour. But I'm not going to bore with you that now, bore you with that now. But a lot of crazy shit's happened. So, you know, again, we'll dive into that as we continue to progress with these new podcasts. Um, tonight, we're just going to continue to progress with drinking rum. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, let's go. Let's do it. I love it. What are we drinking next? Well, before we move on, you know, I just want to make a very important, you know, just focus that in two years, um, I don't think you've changed your smoke detector battery. Oh, down here? No. <laughs> I'm looking around. I don't even know where it is. Oh, man, that chirp. <laughs> there is a chirp. I don't even listen to it. I hear so many at the goddamn restaurant. Every fucking smoke detector chirps. And I, I, they're brand new, and they still chirp. Hey, man, some people live next to trains. Holy some people shit. don't change their batteries. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly have never even... I, I, I don't, there, there it was. There it was. There it was. 
It's in that room right back there. Right. <laughs> That's where I'm sleeping. All right, I'm going to make sure I change the battery on the fucking smoke detector, but I'm reminding myself on this podcast because I'll listen to this tomorrow and then I'll realize, oh shit, I better change that battery because that's the only way I'll remember. So, yeah. All right, let's roll. Hell yeah. So what we're going to do now is do a little bit of island hopping. And um, from Martinique over to St. Lucia, which is the next run that we're going to be talking about, is literally about a 15-minute flight. And from the story I told you about Clement, I might as well give you a little story about, you know, St. Lucia as well. Um, you know, St. Lucia is known for their spiced rums. That is like their jam. Um, the locals around the island, they all collect different like herbs, spices. Um, everything that they put together kind of has like a medicinal value to it. Um, so I, I thought it would be fitting to choose Bounty Spiced as the rum that we would sip today. Um, People think about spiced rum and they think about Captain fucking Morgan's. Ah. Get it out of your head, okay? Just stop. Just stop. Once you graduate from, from middle school, you should not be drinking Captain Morgan's anymore. And if you're drinking it right now, put it the fuck down. Like, clean your toilet with it. That's what you should be doing with Captain Morgan's. Okay, rant over. No, ah, sorry, continue. So what ha happened was, um, is pretty much there's, the spiced rum category was a made-up category up until a certain point on, like, the American market. Um, you would find a lot of rums come off, like Captain Morgan's, I guess you would say, would be very vanilla forward. A little step I like to talk about this is when you drink spiced rum, like, what do you think about? What do you think about? Well, I haven't drank. I, I mean, I don't drink a lot of spiced rum. I will use them in cocktails, things like, um, I, you know, I make a nog every winter, every Christmas or holiday time that I use spiced rum as a base. Um, but when I used to consume copious amounts of spiced rum, I'd be... I was in my early teens, so I was probably thinking about girls in their early teens. Oh, yes. You were wearing a varsity jacket. No, no. I never made varsity. <laughs> <laughs> One of the ramifications. Uh, I got kicked off the team before I was ever able to make varsity. <laughs> <laughs> so very similar is I used to steal spiced rum from my family, too. And, you know, um, I would feel that when like drinking it it was just like super sweet um which goes into college years and stuff like that to where people drink like spiced rum and diet coke why because that's a call for it a lot of vanilla and that's what people find it palatable as um to start off i you know i've noticed i'm saying whenever i'm being recorded i notice how many times i say um fucking garbage so stop saying it i can't help it I can't help it. Um, so where we're going to go here is Bounty Spiced is put together by different types of spiced rum. So where you find like other spiced rums, like say, ah, Captain Morgan, Sailor Jerry, Karuba, Crusian, whatever it may be. A lot of those spiced rums happen to be one rum that's flavored multiple different ways. Same distillate. Yeah, flavored multiple different ways. So, 
Captain might be more vanilla forward. And uh, Sailor might be more nutmeg forward. And, you know, Cruzon might be more dog shit forward. It doesn't matter. But same, same exact base. Yeah, more or less they have very similar, like, taste and profile values to them. How many of those... I'll say introductory, un- introductory level spiced rums are using just flavorings, flavoring extracts. Well, that's, I mean, that's a lot of the spirits industry in general, you know, which is why I think we're at a point right now Cause to you're, where your call. Do you, know, do you know how expensive vanilla beans are? Of like course. pod vanilla beans? Yeah. No one's using those to inf- like make spiced rum? No. No, not, not, not many people of quality. So what, what you're finding is, is on mass produced spirits, they're kind of shortcutting it with adding in artificial flavoring, extracts, additional sugaring, um, or additional sugars, I'm sorry, uh, stuff along those lines. Uh, what, what Caramel I'm, colors and well, fucking stevia leaf and whatever else kind of nonsense. For sure. I mean, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to cut every... When I have my distillery, I'm going to cut every corner possible. I'm going to make the best tasting inferior product that I can charge the most money for. Because all these people that are listening to this, they're dumb. They don't know. They're fucking dumb. I'm not calling you dumb. But just a little bit. You know? Actually, I think the people that are listening to this are actually pretty smart. They're not the ones like buying handles of, you know, Sutter Hum White Zinfandel. No. Although I have a handle of Sutter Home White Zinfandel here. Eh, well, you know, that boxed wine, it's all about a value. You know, I use people... it in a, a, a base for a chambray uh, vermouth I make. It's really <laughs> and, good. And he's you ever, calling you guys dumb. You ever have pink vermouth? Pink vermouth? It's pretty amazing. <laughs> can, I it's my, like... can we use that for my next gender reveal? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not. Red and it's not white. It's not sweet and it's not dry. It's somewhere in between. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's so 2023. You ever get your fucking finger in like some nice pink vermouth? Hey, listen. Two fingers of pink vermouth? That's how I have a kid. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Sex talk aside. Uh, hey, listen. So, spiced rum. So, spiced rum, which kind of like segues back into sex talk, has different style, styles of rum in there. One of which is Bois Bondé, which is a natural aphrodisiac. But before we get there, let's reel it back to how we get to these different kinds of spiced rums. So in St. Lucia, um, the history of spiced rum starts off as different, um, different spiced rums have different medicinal values to it. So I started off on my first experience in this rum shop in St. Lucia. And this gentleman uh, pulls out about these five or six large Carlo Rossi wine jugs. And each one of them was filled with a different herb or spice. One was like spearmint. One was fresh picked cherries. The other one was the natural aphrodisiac. It's a bark. It's called Boabonde. It's like horny goat weed, but like Caribbean form of that. Then they had another one, which was all vanilla bean, like local vanilla bean on the island. All the way down to the last one, which was probably about like two pounds of weed. (laughs) It was crazy. But the point behind it is, is that all these rums were separately made um, in different jars. And depending on how you felt during the day, like, you know, you're a little hungover, your joints are a little bit tight. Well, 
try the cherry rum. You know, the cherry rum is going to like kind of open you up a little bit if you have some gout issues or something along the lines of that. So they're using the rum, the, the infused rum as for a, as a medicinal purposes. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's going gonna, it's gonna to help what ails you. Absolutely. So they believe in that. Uh, the distillery, St. Lucia Distillers, the spiced rums that they're making are all actually made in these vats that have uh, fruits and spices and herbs macerating in and then they dump distillate right over the top Uh, yeah and then they have the distillate right in there and then what they're doing at that point is st lucia distillers makes two different rums they make bounty and then they also make chairman's reserve so the one that we're having today which is bounty spiced bounty spiced i like to say this is flat cream soda okay you get your dry vanilla you get your herbaceous roots, and it's just like cracking open a flat cream soda. So when you're building your cocktail with this, whether it's Coke, whether it's a Mai Tai that you're doing, whether it's a spiced rum daiquiri, um, you're kind of elevating the different spiced rums in different directions on it just from how it starts off. And this is Bounty, and the price point on Bounty rum in a liquor store is typically around what exactly? What's the price point here? Under 25 bucks. Under 25 mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. That's yeah. nice to know. Yeah, That's absolutely. nice to hear. Absolutely. So, so we're going to taste it now. No, we're going to taste it. I'm going to see if I get that flat cream soda. not that flat and I'll tell you why because the tactile sensation of of carbonation and the tactile sensation of the mouthfeel of this they're not that far off they're really not so yes it's flat quote-unquote because there is no carbonation but the mouthfeel that that's that spicy fucking backbone and that little bit of like cheek and like back of the tongue and just to the very top of your esophagus, that little tingle. I don't want to say burn because it's not a burn, but that little tingle, it almost mimics like when you're drinking a, a heavily carbonated beverage and you're like, it hits your tongue and it's like carbonation. It'll sting your fucking tongue and your esophagus a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like it mimics that. So I the flavor profile, yes, flat cream soda, but... It almost gave me the, tech, the the sensation of having carbonation in my mouth because of the way that the spirit, like, again, it, like, I, maybe I should have let it sit on my palate a little bit longer. I may have got that all around. But, you know, once it hit, like, the back of my tongue and then down my throat a little bit, like, fucking felt great. Like, it did feel like there was a little carbonation there at, at one point. So, mm. it's not sweet. It's got a very little bit of residual sugar. It's got mm-hmm. a tiny little bit of sweetness, but it's not sweet. It's not syrupy. Mm-mm. It's like, oh, man, that's a really, really great base to a cocktail. And I could see doing it like a, a either a fucking rum swizzle with that 
and knocks a couple of, of shakes of aromatic bitters in there with some fucking lime juice. Mm-hmm. Man, I'd swim in a bathtub full of that. Ah. Like legitimately. <laughs> I can imagine how good that would be. The night is young. <laughs> yes, but I am not. <laughs> I've got a bottle of bounty, just the regular silver back there, and I that's what I do is I'll I'll do swizzles with it. It fucking it's like my favorite thing when I go to, down to the islands. Like we're we normally don't go like we're always like Saint John, Tortola, Virgin Gorda, you know, in amongst those Peter Island, Salt Island, like just in that little Francis Drake channel. That's where we normally go every year. Um, I would love to go down to St. Lucia, Martinique, you know, down all the way to fucking Trinidad. Oh, yeah. Um, but I just haven't ventured that far down yet because we keep getting stuck. Yeah. Oh, fucking it's awful getting stuck having to go to Virgin Gorda and sitting like on a private beach. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> certainly there's no complaints here. Right? It's I, a hard life. I sound like an asshole right now, but I do. It's like, you know, we go there like pretty much every year. And it's like, well, maybe it's time that we go somewhere different, so. Ah. Well, hey, man. Well, you just heard about two different islands. Yeah, and they've been on my radar. Like, you know, a lot a lot of those smaller, uh, and, well, further, islands further. Well, I guess they're southeast. But a lot of those islands have been my, on my radar. Like the Antilles, um, Turks, I, we've wanted to go. My homie's got it. A, a house in the Bahamas. We want. I've wanted to go there, like you know. I haven't even been to the Keys yet. For I've been sure. to Miami like ten times, but I've never gone to the fucking Keys. <laughs> you know, like you could drive there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You know, the, I I have four states I haven't been to, so it's not like I don't get to travel. I've only I've been to well, well there's fifty states. Yeah, I've been to forty six states. Holy shit! I've seen a lot of this goddamn country. Mm. But I, you know, the Florida Keys is not part of it. I have Louisiana, Arkansas, fucking Mississippi, and some other shit state down there. I don't remember what the fuck it is. It's like the. I would just stopped at Arkansas. It's like a block of four just shit states. Like I've always meant to go to Tails though. So I could knock out, you know, New Orleans. I could knock out Louisiana. Oh, yeah. But, like, every year I'm like, I don't want to go until, like, my podcast is nominated. Uh, hint, hint, hint. Keep listening, liking, and sharing, please. Hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag Wild East Indies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a little bit of the theme tonight. I don't know if you've caught on. But there's different types of rum in the world. Fuck, I'm frightened of this one. Oh yes, but we're not gonna si- we're not gonna sip this one yet. Um, what? I'm gonna we're gonna get to it. Uh, what I want to recap though is that we start off with what is rum? You know, rum is a spirit based from cane. Um, cane could be fresh pressed. Cane could be fresh pressed down to, and then like turned into molasses, and then rum is made out of molasses, or like it could be like almost like a kissing cousin, like cachaca. So like mm. it's a very wild west, or you know, <laughs> well, wild East Indies hashtag hashtag. Um, you know, it could be like that, but depending on where in the Caribbean. 
during the times... Or South America as well. South America, you're right. I mean, there's some fucking brilliant realms from, you know, Guatemala and, and you know, some of the highlands up there. They've got... They've, they've got... Can- oh, I know yeah. you're looking at me like I'm crazy. No. No, I'm not I looking at it. you. I'm not looking at you like you're crazy. I'm not. It, it all made its way up there, like, throughout time, 100%. But, like, if you look at where... Sugarcane really started to flourish from it was in Barbados and it first started off from Asia. So it, it started there and then like sugar cane, which is and grass, it's wild. So let's it be honest. Barbados rums are fucking delicious. They are. I, I can't stop drinking them. You hear I, that, I Richard Seal? Richard Seal, do you hear that? I can't stop drinking them. <laughs> Dude, I've been, I've been, I'll go through a bottle of like real McCoy five year, like, two a week ah. just sipping them they're just delicious like, they are good rums they're a little sweet but they're just easy drinking and I can pour like a whole rocks glass with like four ice cubes I gotta tell you there's three things I love about Barbados and one of them well one of them is definitely the rum the second part is the beaches and the third part is the horse racing really amazing you could bang all three out and literally at the same time. Really? The horse racing's good down there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not bad, man. It's a, good, it's a good trip. You can get a lot done. You can get a lot done. If you like If you like training food, there's a lot of Trinidadian food down there, too. How really, far really south cool. is it on that, in the island chain? Uh, what? Um, Barbados? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a couple stone throws away from, like, Trini. It's, like, kissing the West Indies in the West Indies. So it's north, it's north of Trinidad, which is almost fucking... Well, Trin- Trinidad, I believe, is the last island. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it would definitely Oh, be. so it's far down now? Yeah. Okay. Because I always get lost once you go to, like, blah, 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 blah. You know, there's, like, it's, like, 30 islands in the goddamn chain. Some are bigger, some are smaller. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, um, my point behind that is, is getting up into our next rum, though, is depending on who conquered what in the Caribbean is depending on the kind of rums that you're finding. So when we talk about Martinique rum, you know, Martinique rum um, traditionally on the island was always French influenced. It was never English influenced, really, and it was never uh, really Spanish influenced. So if you go to other islands, like, you know, we we could talk about just just like a kiss of a touch, but like, say, Haitian rum. You know, Haitian rum is French influenced very, very heavily, Um, but... Since Haiti has their independence and whatnot, it, it strayed away from that a little bit. So where you look at French rum, like, say, Martinique, with different laws and all that, Haitian rum does not have to follow that, like, same law anymore. So they kind of go on their own uh, way of it, which is, like, amazing because they produce something, like, totally polar opposite different than what you would find from something that was once their counterpart. And then you go over to, like, say, St. Lucia, like the Bounty rum that we just tasted. What's, what's the big boy Haitian rum, the brand? Uh, what? Um, I, I, it's, like, on the tip of my tongue. I can't, I just, my brain is full with spent bong resin and, like, yeah. malted hops. Don't worry, the brand guy, I mean, he's going to push it out as long as he can because I don't sell it. Um, it's a I feel like I have a bottle of it over here, but... I can't re- God damn it, I can't remember it. Have you had this, the Provis? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, that's Jamaican, Jamaican, Jamaican. 
Oh, I do have Bounty Spice back there. Are you talking about, well, not Clarine. Oh, here's Panama, Zafra. Man, that was tasty. Are you talking about something like three star? Four star? It's got, yes. Haha. <laughs> It's three star, four star, but what's it called? Ha <laughs> <laughs> You know why I don't fucking remember? Because I can't get it. Everything's, <laughs> everything's goddamn limited allocation now. Half the shit I could get for decades, I can't get now. Everything's fucking limited allocation. So I'm going to tell you a story about clicking the, uh, what this rum is. So I took a little cruise with my family to Haiti. Um, I bought my daughter there, who's like under a year old at that time, which was pretty crazy. But did you say you brought anyway. or bought your daughter there? A little, you know what? It's subjective. <laughs> uh, no, so we went to Haiti, and I get off the boat. I was on a cruise, so it was like in like... Haiti's fucking, the other side of the Dominican. Yeah. So it was like, you know, all fucking touristy and shit. So we're going like through... And people are like, oh, man, you got to buy, like, you know, the little, like, tchotchkes and stuff. And, you know, I got another one to give you with that. This is going to be actually a funny story. So we, we, we were trying to sell me a bunch of shit. And I'm like, guys, look, like, I'm looking for two things in Haiti. And they're like, what's that? I'm looking for Clarine. I'm looking for Bargain Court. Or I'm looking for some... Rum Bargain Court. Yeah, rum yeah. Bargain Court. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm looking for all some right. weed. All right, all right. And... They were like, no, 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 go back up to the ship and you can get some Bacardi. And I'm like, Bacardi? I'm in Haiti. And they're like, no, 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 you can get the Bacardi up there. And I'm like, why do I want Puerto Rican rum that's not made in Puerto Rico in Haiti? Yeah. Like, that's not a thing. So um, instead of buying, like, you know, three different kinds of, like, paintings and coin purses, I got a guy to, like find some bottles of rum barbancourt for me, which were like, they, they, they weren't like 50 ml. They were like little, like, you know, pint bottles of them. Whatever. So, yeah, whatever. So I asked the guy, I'm like, how much for the pint bottles? He's like, oh, each pint bottle's $20. <laughs> and you're like, okay. I'm like, my dude, I sell rum for a fucking living. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I could buy a whole liter of that for $20. Yeah. So I but, told... But not here. But not here. Not on this beach. But not on this beach. Mind you, the guy that was selling me this rum at this point was a lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> not on the beach, at the water slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he comes back, you know, and he's got, like, these bottles of rum barbecue for me. And I ended up getting, like, you know, like, three for, like, 40 bucks. And it was great. But my point behind that was rum barbecue was good during that Haitian, you know, that thing there. But, um, you know, there's different kinds of, like, rums that are going on in the world. And I think that's where I was, like, really starting to go at with that. And where Haitian rum kind of branches off from being very terroir-driven, like its counterpart once was, like, Martinique rum. You can find a little bit of both in that, uh, from, like, fresh-pressed sugar cane and a little bit of, like, molasses-based rum. Now, there's another style of rum, English style. That was the bounty rum that we just had, uh, which is made out of St. Lucia. Another rum there is also Chairman's Reserve. That style rum is supposed to be more relevant to, like, what a bourbon drinker would drink. Very much more, like, um, 
like barrel notes and things along those kind of lines. This recording is going to shut off at the 60-minute mark. And we are at five, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. So the second edition of this Cocktail Cult webinar is going to continue directly after this recording. But you're going to have to click again and click the second fucking edition of this to hear what the fuck we're going to do. So <coughs> peace. Ho! We are back for... Round two with Nick Tango, who just tasted a Lost Spirits rum that is 68.5% ABV. Holy fuck. <laughs> I told you. It's actually really quite good. And what they do is they've got a some kind of a reaction chamber. Yeah, my nipples got hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what this company does called Lost Spirits is they've got a reaction chamber, a big stainless steel tank that... They put barrel staves in and new fill rum that they uh, distill themselves. And then they flick the switch and the machine sucks all of the liquid into the barrel staves and lets it sit there for a, a predetermined time period, which could just be a few hours. It could be 24 hours. It's no longer than 24 hours, maybe 48 hours, but still it's not a long period of time. And then they flick another switch and all of the liquid is extracted out of the barrel staves. And on a molecular level, the, the, the rum distillate sits in those staves soaked in, 100% soaked in for 48 hours, let's say. But on a molecular level, it looks, if you look at the, 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 the actual distillate under a microscope, it looks like it's 18 years old. So it's rapid aging. Is it a cheat sheet? Of course it is. Should they have proofed that down from 68.5%? Yes, they should have. Shame on you, Lost Spirits, because it's really a fucking tasty distillate. But God damn it, it, it like burns the ass hair off of your ass. Yeah, it was like literally like going into a banana split and then falling into a fire. Yeah, it's like doing a banana split and then having your balls like rest on like the, an open cold fire. Or if you're a female listening to this, like resting your labia on an open cold fire, yeah. all right? Yeah. After you just got molested by a banana split. Yeah, and used Icy Hot. Yes. <laughs> Before you got, like, your balls on a icy, I mean, on a, well, on the fucking coals, all right? Well, speaking about heating things up. Oh, God. Where we, where we stopped off is we... I'm making the sign of the cross right now. Yes. Yes. But, you know, we talked about... I have to play golf in the morning, and if I have to shit my pants on the third hole, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, but see, like, you... I worked with you. I worked with you today, so I can, like, wake up a little late tomorrow. My tea time's not till 11, but I got to get baby girl to daycare and then all the way in the opposite direction. I don't listen. My my wife said to me, she was like, "Are you going to be home by nine a.m.?" It's not nine a.m. yet. All right. See. All we're right. St we're still doing good. Okay. So three different kinds of rums we we're tasting. We started off with French rum. French rum, fresh fresh pressed sugarcane juice, not molasses. Bounty rum, English style rum. This is made from molasses. 
Now, the next rum that we're going to have is, it's called Raleigh Reaper. Are you ready for it? Has anybody seen the guy on the interwebs, okay, that has powdered, um, it might be ghost peppers and not reapers, but he puts them in a water bong and takes a bong hit of it, okay? A bong hit of dried reaper, okay? And then as he's choking, he, he takes like ground reaper pepper and he rubs it, he snorts some of it and then rubs some of it in his eyes. It's one of the funniest videos I have ever seen in my life. And I've seen a lot of funny shit. I mean, that's like, that's like the guy. Watching this guy convulse and nearly vomit, his eyes nearly pop out of his head. He can't breathe. He's just some big fucking fat, disgusting redneck from like, I don't know, Raleigh, North Carolina or Ghost Pepperville. But it's, it is fucked. If you Google like old, like, crusty redneck like snorts like ghost pepper and shoves it in his eye socket you are going to shit your pants laughing at this video it sounds like that one guy that that used to like (laughs) chug bottles and like he would like chug bottles like alcohol i always question those things and it's always like it's some asshole that like opens up quote unquote a new bottle of crown royal and then just chugs it but then you see that there's like bubbles like, if you're chugging liquor, there's no bubbles. That's called iced tea. Yeah. So, like, fuck you for trying to fake that because when I was 16, I was I actually did it. But we didn't have cameras back then. No, we didn't. We didn't have the internet back then, okay? We just had pissed off parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we had medevac and stomach pumping, okay? And a neighbor that told on you. <laughs> no cameras. <laughs> exactly. I'm still pissed off at my neighbor. Yeah. Mama knew because neighbor John told mama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Raleigh Reaper. All right. So. My asshole's already puckering up. Ah. But. So we, the Raleigh Reaper, this skew that we have is the Carolina Reaper, you know, pepper-infused version of this rum. Um, I think what's important to recap back to, though, is that we started off with French rum, we went over to English rum, and now we're trying a style of American rum. Um, American rum has just been recently introduced as a category uh, because, you know, we're growing sugarcane in different parts of America and making rum at, out of it. So, like, we, we should. So it should be more regulated. But what this rum is, is cane from Louisiana that is being bought over to Raleigh. Uh, so the cane's grown in Louisiana. Correct. And then it's being cut down. Mm-hmm. And then it's brought to Louisiana. Correct. It's, it's bought but, in a refrigerated truck. I believe it's frozen, so... Because as you said, two minutes after cane is cut, it starts to naturally ferment. Absolutely. So they cut it down. Which is pretty fucking amazing, people. You hear that fact? If you hear that fact right there, you hear that, that, that question in Jeopardy, you're going to know the answer. Yeah. Live. What is the fermentation time, natural fermentation time on fresh cut cane? Two minutes, people. Two minutes. <laughs> Some of you have masturbated three times in that amount of time. Okay, yeah. and you wouldn't my, have even hit AOC regulations. My wife only gets two minutes. Okay, like, and I'm naturally fermenting. All right. Now you think about that cane. All right, C- cane is able. 
Kate Knable. <laughs> so you're Knabeling. <laughs> no, I'm Karubeling. Uh, I'm Columbling. So, you know. Right, Raleigh Reaper. So, this is going to be considered an English style rum that's going to then be very hot. Can you fucking b- people believe that we're back? We are back. I know, I'll have theme music to this. It's the While you people are listening to this whole session, it's going to be the Rocky theme song, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Did. Okay. All right, Raleigh Reaper. Fuck me. If you put a thimble full of this, like, up to your lips, like, your asshole starts puckering. So, I gotta tell you, the thing about this rum is that it's extremely fucking hot. And when I mean hot, I don't mean in proof. I mean as in spicy, as in, like, you're going to fuck with your neighbor or your best friend kind of spicy. Like, hey, try this. Ha <laughs> um, ha! This is meant to be put into a cocktail. Like this should be like mixed in with like a marg a spicy margarita. I a mean, spicy like daiquiri. like a bar spoonful. Okay, not a teaspoon, a bar spoonful in a margarita, and it's fucking perfect. And this guy's just poured us about an ounce and a half each. 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 So what we're gonna do I'm here? I'm gonna shit my pants on the third hole tomorrow. I know it. Hey, you know what? Let's just call this a cleansing from hell. <sighs> like I, so I've had to learn as a sales technique over this um, because I'm used to bringing in like other stuff. Like you know, we just had some spiced rum, which is pretty pleasant. We just had some like very nice aged French rum, which is like studious, um, sexy, if you will. S- sexy, I like sexy. that. Sexy, and now. Like, after having those two kind of things, you're like, what do you have next for me, Nick? And then I pulled this out. Well, I've learned to give people a little introduction into this because if I don't give you an introduction to this, it's pretty much like I'm macing you on a fucking alley. Yeah. If you st- if you got this in your eyes, it's all right, people. It's not that hot, but it's – you're like, oh, I like a little spicy. Yeah, this is not for you, Okay. This is like if you're on a, like ordering Thai food and you see four chili peppers. That's what it is, okay? And you eat three of them. Yeah, you, 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 you stick to like ordering from like where it has one chili pepper by it. But this is like four out of five. Yeah, pretty much like. It's really fucking good to mix, but it's like a bar spoon or so full. Or, or a nice little shot of it and like a Corona. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? I like it in a Corona. I mean, I've been drinking a Corona in a long time, but I could... I, I mean, it's, okay. it, it just makes it good. It All just right. makes it good. But let's uh, let's see your reaction. Go for it. M- wait. You. Me? Yeah. Wait. I want. Did you taste it? Uh, uh, you, you, you want me to drink that? Yeah, straight. What? Yeah. What? Show your viewers how much you love it. Mo- mommy? <laughs> mommy? It's actually not that much. It's like two and a half ounces. Yeah, just just a little bit. <laughs> it's like a I'll, it's a gulp. Okay, I'll do it with you. How about this? We do it, and then I want you to say the first word that comes to your. It's mind. It's gonna be fuck. Hey, I mean, hey, listen, it's a, whatever comes to your mind. Tits, clits, and baseball mitts. May our hands always be on one. Frustavia. 
regret. I, it's not that bad. I thought it was hotter, honestly. Yeah, I bit my lip earlier. It's perfect. I bit my lip earlier, okay? I have not tasted that in probably eight months. Eight months? I, rem I, I thought it was hotter. It's perfect. It's fucking perfect. So you pretty much haven't tasted that for a term of somebody holding a baby. Yeah, literally. It's perfect, though. It's got just the right amount of heat. My asshole is not going to be burning tomorrow. I know, I already have my wings. Like, the, yes, it's hot and it's spice, like, in your mouth and it burns. But, like, it's, it's barely going down my esophagus. Where's it going? It's not, like, the heat isn't even trickling ah. down. I don't have a gag reflex. The stuff goes all the way down all the time. I would be the worst like, gay man in the world. There's, there's a, there, like, you'll see a bulge in my neck sometimes when stuff go thick, long stuff goes down there sometimes, you know? I'm glad we weren't drinking cream stuff tonight. Well, the cream soda from the flat bounty rum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, don't be scared of the Reaper, honestly. It's really fucking good. What's the price point on that bitch? Bucks. 20 fucking dollars. Yeah. I'm not going to rub it in my eyes and, and snort it though, okay? Like that crazy fuck on the internet. I it's mean, really fucking good. It's nice to mix. I'll tell you though, I the heat overwhelms the flavor of the rum, but not so much where you can't articulate the fact that that is a rum base. Yeah. Because there's a little viscosity there. Which I think is needed. And you yeah. have to have it. Yeah, if it was too thin, it would be weird. And there is definitely a little bit of sweetness there as well. It's not just heat. Yeah. And I mean, that was what, like two minutes ago we drank that? Just about. Like my tongue is still burning, but it's not so much where I'm like, I need to like, you know, go like suck off like a fucking cow's teeth or something. No, I, I'll tell you, this unsponsored soda that I'm sipping on right now to, to help it is like <laughs> really doing a good job. <laughs> it, that is unsponsored. We won't mention it because we're not collecting money from Coca-Cola at yeah, this time. Yeah. But Coca-Cola, if you would like to sponsor us, I, you know, I'm happy to promote Coca-Cola. and Or any brand that anybody here wants us to sponsor, we're happy to sponsor it. Looking for URC Cola. Yeah, so... <laughs> how about Dr. Lightning or whatever the fuck it is? Dr. Ped? Yeah. No, no, Mountain Lightning or some shit. Mountain you know, the, Lightning? The generic ones that are like, you know, not Mountain Dew, but it's like Mountain Lightning. How do, they, how do they settle? Like, it's like, all right, you're not going to like the mainstream stores, but you're going to like Dollar Tree. Yeah, like you're not good enough. So like, we're just not even going to fuck with you. We don't care. Because imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? Yeah, you're right. But how do you accept, like, your six-pack just went from, like, eight bucks down to, like, a dollar seven? Because the people that know, they don't buy Dr. Thunder. <laughs> they buy Dr. Pepper. They don't buy RC Cola. They buy Coca-Cola. And all the other people, they can buy fucking RC Cola. And the market cap... And and the 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 reach that Coca Cola has, they don't give a shit about RC Cola. They'll they piss RC Cola out in every day. Listen, RC Cola is a home brand. 
Is that like your homies? It's a home. No, no, not my homies. Oh. No, our a homie to me is in childhood memory, which is my mom leaving me outside of Kmart with two quarters. One quarter was for the uh, ride. The other quarter was for the RC Cola. Hey, that's 50 cents. Well spent. That's 50 cents. So let me ask you this question, all right? <clears throat> Getting back to rums. You see that bottle of Havana Club up there? Yeah. You got one? At home? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have one from Cuba or do you have one from Puerto Rico? Oh, probably one from Puerto Rico. The one there on the left next to Probus. That's unopened because I can't. I don't have another one. Oh, do you, That's do you, my rule. Do you want to hear? You want to hear That's, his reaction when he hears this click? Oh, uh oh. I I smuggled that in my luggage coming from fucking Canada <laughs> because that's proper Havana Club from Cuba. That's cool. Yes, I said Cuba. All right, Cuba Gooding Jr. So fuck off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what it tastes like. I've had Havana Club from that was that's a, a Bacardi product from Puerto Rico, but I've never had Havana Club, proper Havana Club. Now, why you can get Havana Club in the United States that's made by Bacardi is because Bacardi bought the rights to Havana Club. So any Havana Club that you buy in the U.S. is a Bacardi product made in Puerto Rico or somewhere else and then brought into Puerto Rico. But if you're in Canada, because the Canada will trade with Cuba... Um, cause there's no embargo and you know, all this other Bay of Pigs shit. Um, you can get proper Havana club from Cuba. I'm not opening it. Come on, we're going to open it. I can't open it. I don't on. have another one. Listen, your viewers want it. I don't have another You're one. You're going to tell your viewers no right now. What did I say about that Weller? <laughs> okay. And no, I will, I'll open it tomorrow morning with you, but I will not open it now because my palate is destroyed by this reaper. <laughs> so I'm not going to open the Havana Club that I can't get another bottle of right now because my mouth is full of rawly, like the underside of some hillbilly's testicles. That's a good segue. <laughs> but if you want to taste it in the morning, we can, we'll, we'll do it. Yeah, listen, if we do it in the morning, we're going to record it and tell them what time it is when we're tasting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just like start another one and say, Boom. hey, this is Havana Club. Because none of you have real Havana Club. And like I legitimately I smuggled that in my luggage home on my from my honeymoon. My honeymoon was in Regina and Saskatoon, Canada, and then uh, eventually in a cabin with no electricity in Lake Larange. Boom. So yeah, you guys all beat that, okay? Now what I'd like you to do, all right, is comment um or uh DM and let me know where your honeymoon experience was and what the best parts and the worst parts of it was. And the best comment or DM or Twitter or twatter, whatever the fuck you people do these days, whatever the best one that I get, I'm going to read it aloud for the class to hear um, on the next podcast. So that should be an interesting little segment on somebody's best and worst honeymoon experience, okay? It could be you know, a non-sexual uh, performance in the bedroom. It could be some kind of drunken debauchery. It could be that, you know, you died in an airplane crash uh, like going to your honeymoon. Just some weird, crazy shit. All right, yeah, but if you died, what would you write about it? I don't know. Maybe you, like, came back as a fucking, you know, a talking parrot in another life or something. I have no idea. You could have, all right? <laughs> 
Don't get me talking about the multiverse and shit, all right? <laughs> anyway, um, yes, DM, Twitter, Twatter, Instagram, Facebookers, whatever you people do. Just get in touch with us and let us know what your craziest um, story is from um, your honeymoon. Mine was uh, sleeping in a cabin with my eight-year-old nephew, like, jumping on my head in the loft, getting eaten by mosquitoes in what seemed like a mattress from 1976 from Howard Johnson in a cabin with no electricity. That was my honeymoon. Um, and then having to spread uh, my wife's grandmother's ashes in a giant frozen lake with no water. And well, the water, the lake had water, but we couldn't pump it into the house because it was still frozen because we were in La Ronge, Canada, which is like 20 hours north of the Montana border. Was there so, a backwind? No, but I did piss in the wind and it sucked because it's so fucking weird though. Like you're up there and like, you know, my wife and her their family's like, oh yeah, oh, the cabins in the Ronde, like, you know, they're so nice and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, it's cool to be up there. And they're like, oh, but the mosquitoes are crazy. And I'm like, okay, yeah, mosquitoes. Ooh, ooh, I'm scared of mosquitoes. No, these motherfuckers, you park the car and they are literally like the size of your palm and they're hitting the windows like kamikazes. You literally have to open the car door, cover your head, and run inside. It's not a fucking joke. I thought it was a joke. I was like, hoo, hoo, hoo. yeah, mosquitoes, yeah, like, oh, big deal. No, these motherfuckers are like pterodactyls coming down on you and trying to fucking dive bomb you to suck any amount of blood they can get out of your goddamn skin. And you have to run from the car... And they're attracted to the sweet exhaust from the vehicles. And then you have to run into the fucking indoors and get as drunk as you possibly can to forget where you are. <laughs> That's what it's like hanging out at, at Cabins in La Ronge. And Dennis and Joan, if you're listening to this, I apologize. And I love you both. But those cabins are fucked. But I do want to go up there and fix them up because if we get into a zombie apocalypse, we can go up there and no one will ever find us. So it would be perfect. And really all we need is a few things. So... I'm not like a survival like prep guy, but like you you got to be careful. Like, you know, if some shit goes down, like after like during COVID, I'm like, you know, I mean, COVID was fucked, but like COVID got me thinking like, all right, what do you really need to survive? Okay. What do you need? Overproof. You need a still. Why? Because you need to be able to make your own alcohol, but you also need to distill water. You can't carry a thousand gallons of fucking water with you. You need access to clean water. You need a still. You got to have one. You need six months worth of food, whether that's canned food, dehydrated food. You need enough food to get you into the next growing season wherever you end up, right? You need seeds to plant for that growing season while you're eating your canned food or your dehydrated food, whatever it is. You need to be able to grow and hunt whatever the fuck you need to hunt. Because at some point, and I'm hoping that this is the case, that we're going to have a societal meltdown. Like, I, it, it'd be fucking awesome. I, see I mean, it's going to suck, but it'd be fucking awesome. All right, so you need those three things, and you need motherfucking guns and motherfucking ammo. That's five things. That's what you need. Really. So, okay. For me, I'm like, I got the still. I don't use it illegally, all right, federal... Regulatory agencies. Although you did taste some whiskey I made. Recreationally. Yes. Um, got the still. 
So now you need the dehydrated or canned food. I'm working on that. A couple of big bins, a couple of big totes. You need seeds for to get you into a growing season and then producing some things and then be able to ability to hunt. You need fucking guns, which I'm buying as many as I possibly can at any given time. All legally through the New Jersey State Police sources and with my firearms ID card, I could give you my firearm ID number if you need. And fucking ammunition, you need to stock. That's it. That's really all you need. That's it, man. You don't need clothes. You don't need fucking jackets. You don't need all any of this bullshit. Yeah. But the other thing that you need is you need a place to go and you need a means to get there. So, oh, I've got cabins in fucking LaRange, Canada. It's like 3,000 miles from here. How the fuck am I going to get there? All right? Am I going to put 3,000 miles worth of fuel on my fucking, my, my fucking, my uh, GMC Sierra truck? I'm not getting there in a Mini Cooper. A- am I, yeah, am I going to put it on my TDR Pro off-road uh, 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 4Runner? No. So how are you going to get wherever you need to go? That's the part I have to figure out. You ain't doing it with an electric vehicle. No. You ain't doing it with a gas vehicle. No. Wits and luck. And guns and fucking ammo. Ah! And booze to trade. Oh, yeah. Well, you're making your own booze. That's the thing. Yo, and this is going to segue on to a completely different thing, but how cool would it be? So, I'm, you know, I, I go down to the Caribbean every fucking year, and I'm always thinking about, like, how do I just stay here? How do I just not go back? How do I just start something here with the money that I have, which is nickels, but how do I do something here? And of course, it, none of it ever works. It's, you can't start anything with nickels. But I'm like, how cool would it be, right? You buy a big fucking ship, big one. Could be a sail, big sailboat, 150, 200 foot, whatever. A fucking frigate, okay? You buy a fucking whatever. Maybe it costs you, I don't know, $20 million. Yeah, you need $20 fucking million. And if there's anybody out there listening to this that wants to donate $20 million to the fund, I'm happy to take it. But People have been bailed out for more. Oh, banks just got bailed out for 50 times more. <laughs> and all they did was have a fucking disaster of a monetary policy, and they bought government-backed bonds that at 3% and they went to 7% and they lost their fucking shirts. And you don't think the government knew that was what's going to happen when they raise interest rates? You don't think the Fed knew that? You want to fix the country, abolish the Federal Reserve, instill a flat tax for everybody, consumption tax, okay? And get rid of the fucking IRS. Amen. And get rid of the Electoral College and get rid of the the two-party system. That's how you fix this fucking country. And anybody that disagrees with me can suck it, okay? Because you're a libtard, you're a right-wing fucking nut job, you're a Bible thumper, you're a Confederate flag waver, you're a swastika of person, you're a fucking Black Lives Matter. It doesn't matter. It's all the same shit. <laughs> so, this 200-foot yacht or 100-foot yacht, how cool would it be, right, to literally have a distillery that you sail around the world and when you make port... In whatever country it is, you throw a big fucking party, okay, on your ship because you're distilling alcohol at sea. Can you call it, can you call it Ship's Creek? 
No, because it's already taken with Shit's Creek. Ships. I get it, but no, I, I had a name. I can't remember it now, though. Oh, Uncharted Spirits. Come on, it's perfect. Uh, I think you mapped that one out. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> but think about it this way, right? You get a Richard Branson to back us. Richard, if you're listening, back us. All right? We buy a big fucking yacht, big ship. And we literally just sail it around the world. And everywhere we port is where we're like, here's bottles. You know, you want to talk about limited production? You know how much fucking press we would get sailing around the world? Just like, okay, well, from the time we went from St. Lucia to the Seychelles Islands, we distilled X and X got barreled around whatever the fuck else. And here you go. Look, we've got 50 cases. Let's throw a big motherfucking party. We got DJs. We got bands. We got food. We got whatever the fuck you want. But the only product is what, what goes out right there. You I want, dig it. You want to talk about promotion? You want to talk about marketing? The transcontinental? Boom. Dude, the trans fucking... Oh, all right. Let's be light with the word trans these days. All right? Let's, let's not tread there. I was being transient with okay. it. Okay. So it's got to be something like with the equator or some shit. I don't know because you're like... You're circumnavigating the globe. The globe. So maybe it's circum, circumcising... Circumcision distillery. Circumcision distillery. (laughs) My point is, how cool would that be, right? That would be awesome. That would be all. I always think that with the cruise ship thing is that, like, you know, we we talk about affordable housing and, you know, a problem that's going on in the country. And a lot of these cruise ships that are decommissioned are, like, sunk, you know, off the coast to create reefs, which also do good. But what if they, like, put these ships, what if they just put them back on land? So just tow them on land and make tow, them... And, tow them on and land and ground them and put, then... Put them on a foundation? I mean, it'd be bigger than most apartment complexes. Wastewater management? It's already built in. All it has to do is be... Uh, it's got to go somewhere. Right into the... Uh, right into the... Uh, Mainstream. Yes. Well, you need mainstream in order to take that much. Think about it this way, right? These cruise ships, how many people fit on it? 5,000 people? Minimally. So you need to be in a major metropolitan area to be able to handle, a, let's call it a building that houses 5,000 people for wastewater management. Now, you not only need wastewater management from the, the, the humans, but also the restaurants and all the other shit, Right. I mean, that's, I, I, I love the concept. So what's more sustainable, a restaurant on the beach that looks like a cruise ship or wow. a cruise ship on the beach that, that is a cruise ship? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you could get away with putting them on the, on the beach. I don't know. But you tow them inland. I don't know. I, I think that, I think, I think there's something there with that. I, I don't know. I just, I, I've how been many, on the, How many of these ships are decommissioned every year? Do you I know? Mean, I could tell you. When I was a child, I went on the big red boat, and that fucker somewhere out in the sea holding all my memories these days. Is that like Clifford the Big Red Dog? I don't know what the big red boat is. But pretty much like Clifford the Big Red Dog for Disney boats. Mm. It was a it was a cruise ship before cruise ships were lux- uh, like luxury. So it was pretty much like like 
like a conversion van of fucking of fucking boats. <laughs> it was like a cargo ship that they were like, how do we get people to sleep on this? Oh, we'll make some rooms in it. And then like a couple years after that vacation, when my family was like, we're never going on a fucking boat like that again. You know, things, <laughs> things kind of got better. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Hell yeah. I've never been on a cruise ship. No? No. Ah, dude, it's like being in a giant casino. They're the best. Everybody's scared of fucking cruises. And, like, I, I don't get that because it's the best thing in the world. And to keep it spirit-focused, you go on a cruise and you find yourself in two different situations. One, how much is it going to cost me to drink and am I drunk enough? To make it, like, worth the money that I spent. Oh, yeah, because they're, you know, they're not cheap. So I find that you go on a cruise, a lot of cruise ships get um, a lot of duty-free spirits. So go for the cruise package or the uh, drink package. Go for it all the time because there's going to be a bar on that boat that you're going to come across that's going to have. Well, I could tell you on uh, my honeymoon, I was on a cruise and I was coming across Booker's, like Booker's Rye. Uh, like different versions of Blantons that you would never see. Wow. And I was like, wow, these things are in a glass shelf. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, how much is that? They're like, well, do you have your room key? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, it's covered under your package. So and you're like, I'll have a triple, please. Yes. <laughs> so pretty much what you would spend in a couple bottles these days would be a whole cruise and a drink package. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, but... That's it is like these cruise companies are hoping that people like us don't go on those cruises. Yeah, because we take advantage of it. That's what I mean, because the average person not like, what's that Blaine's doing over there? They're like, uh, I'll have a margarita, please. Uh, can you make me a strawberry daiquiri? <laughs> you know, it's people that don't know their ass from a hole in the ground and those people are fine. Thankfully, they're not listening to this podcast, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Well, and that's that's who those people... That's who those cruise companies are making money off of. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I have a, a good experience with that where I was on this cruise and I'm in a um, walk into this one bar and it's a piano bar. And uh, it, all new experiences for me on a cruise. And I'm like, wow, this piano bar, there's someone singing here. Uh, I, I told my wife, I'm like, you know, go back up to the room, get changed. I'll be down here. I probably shouldn't have done that. So I'm looking at the bar and I see all these different... She's upstairs shelf. getting dolled up. Oh, she's getting dolled up. And you're down in, in the bar getting fucking Oh, hammered. I'm at a piano bar getting fucking shit-faced. Like, so I'm drinking these, like, all these different bourbons and whiskeys and scotches that I knew that I'll She's never... upstairs for half an hour. At least. At least. All right, so call it 45 minutes. You know what? We'll call it an hour and 15 minutes. Okay. Because so... she knew I was hanging. Well, but it's it's girl time too. Girl so time. It, so thirty minutes is really an hour and fifteen minutes. Girl time. Okay. So so you 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 consume fourteen ounces of liquor in that amount of time. You know, because that's probably where I would have been. Yeah, an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah, we'll say that. You know, that's like what five doubles. Just about. But I don't even. Have you ever said like I'll take a double? No, no. I just expected. No, like, I just, this is. Like, just fill the glass. Yeah, and when you're on a cruise, you're not driving. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> here's you're like here's a $50 bill. 
for a tip, just pour me alcohol till I can't fucking walk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cats. I forgot you had a cat door. Yeah, I love all right. Cats so anyway. so bookers. So so we're you're drinking Blantons. You're so, drinking all this exotic shit. Oh uh, yeah, I'm having a good time. You know, like getting really immersed in this like whole spirit thing and forgetting I'm on my honeymoon. So my wife, she wanted to go out to this French restaurant on the boat, which was a little bit separate. So it was a whole. I think it was like a five course out meal. So I'm drinking, getting ready for a five course meal. So she comes and gets me. That was fine. We go in, we sit down. She looks fucking gorgeous. Everything is great. You know, we get our appetizers. Yes, cargo comes out. You know, things are good. The last thing I remembered was the sorbet. Oh, you're like, wow, you made it to dessert. Nah, man, sorbet is served that's before the, your fucking main course. Yeah, that's your middle course to oh, cleanse yeah. the palate. Palate cleanser. So I got to the palate cleanser. And then the next thing I know, I open my eyes and I'm in our bedroom. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So you know, I'm like, oh shit. Did I did I do anything to offend you? I'm like, what did I do? So I see my wife, she's still in her dress from dinner that night, and she's sleeping, and next to her bed I see a bag from Johnny Rockets. Which is a like a it's a food chain, right? Yeah, food chain. Even though there's a fucking Johnny Rockets on the cruise ship. So you didn't make it to the entree course. Oh, I she didn't. She had to get you the fuck out oh, of there. Oh, I didn't make it to the entree course. <laughs> and then she was hungry, so she had to get Johnny Rockets on the way home. So we had a French dinner on a cruise ship. And I like you say on the way home on a cruise because what's on the way home at that point? So oh, I, 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 wake, I wake up. Now, what I remember during this dinner is up until the sorbet... Each course that came out, they had these beautiful, beautiful silver platters, and the whole wait staff would come around both of us, put them down, and then whoosh. If you guys didn't hear that, I said whoosh. Yeah, and that's then, the silver fucking platter being like lifted off, okay? Yeah. And then there's like three people like massaging like your nether regions, and the other like feeding you and fanning you at the same time. Oh, yeah. I'm like. St- I'm like, liver and foie gras and, you know, all that good stuff? Absolutely. But then I just, I don't know what happened at that point. Yeah, that's because, called blackout. Yeah, well, no, no, it's not called blackout. It's called time traveling. Yeah, well, yeah. You get in trouble when you blackout. The they're one and the same. Time traveling, you just wake up and you're there, you know, in between time. So, you know, I time traveled for a hot second. And then in my bedroom, I woke up and I noticed there's this silver platter in the middle of our room. So you had your five-course meal. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. (laughs) They didn't bring the entrees to you. We didn't make it to entrees. I know, but like what was on the silver platter then? That's what I was trying to figure out when I woke up. Because it sure as fuck wasn't Johnny Rockets. And And it was like our fucking like honeymoon dinner. So I'm like, oh, oh shit, man. Yeah. So I, I, I get out of bed and I like go like, you know, over to this like platter and I lift it up. And it's a fucking cake. Like I had a, a honeymoon cake oh. <laughs> from the last course of the dinner congratulating us. And you're already starting to feel like shit because you're not as drunk as you were. So you're like, God damn it, what did I do? Yeah. And now you see this. You see your wife laying there in her dress passed out with Johnny Rockets next to her. And yeah, you're like on her. On her. You're like, God 
damn, what did I do? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what did I do? Oh, I just went back to bed. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, well, this looks good. I'm out. So first, <laughs> so first thing I did is I woke up in the morning oh, and I, I talked to my wife and I'm like, hey, you know, like, gotta ask you, like. What did, many- did you roofie me last night? <laughs> That's some shit I would say. Bitch, you roofied me last night? I should have. Oh, my but God. But what I asked her was. How many courses was this dinner? <laughs> I thought we were just going for apps and entrees. I knew I wouldn't last for five courses. What were you thinking? <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's what happens when you get the drink package for duty-free stuff on a cruise ship. Yeah. That's why I'm scared of them. I just am. It's like day drinking. You always lose. But you do win. It, it's, it's, I'm, I'm terrified of cruises for that exact reason because I don't, there's no filter. There's no cutoff point. No, there's your room and then an under deck That's jail. why I don't go to Vegas. No <laughs> fucking way. No, no way. way. No. Uh-uh. Nope. Won't mm-hmm. do it. I'm, no. not, I'm not in control of myself enough. Nope. Stick to JV uh, Vegas and stay in Atlantic City. And I, I can barely survive there. I've... I get wheelchaired back to the room. And then, like, they knock on the door and, like, dump me in the room. And then I go out again. It's a big splash. Yeah. And they're like, do you own this? And my buddy's like, yeah. And then they dump me in the room and I fucking wake up and I'm like, that's it, let's go. Yeah. And I start flipping, like, fucking room service, like, 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 fucking plates over and crazy. Drop kicking my friends. I try. No, no, no. I won't. Next week, I won't do that shit, though. No, I'm with my wife. I'm on my best behavior. Uh, no, it's just, that's days of the past. He's trying to get in his room with his Blockbuster card. Fuck, literally. It's like with my underwear on my head. It's a trend. I bought, I bought, I was so drunk. I don't even snort cocaine. And the, le- like, I mean, this is years ago, but. You know, I'm there for a cocktail contest and like some, some of my, like my people came down to support me and I end up with the most unlikely character walking around after I had already been wheelchaired back to the room, drop kicked somebody, like all these, all the things I was just saying were truthful. And I'm there with fucking this guy, David, and you know, he's gayer than a $3 bill. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm very big proponent of the LGBTQ XY. RZ community, whatever. Is his name really David? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had straight up dick breath. And if you're listening to this, David, you have dick breath. But anyway, it wasn't for my dick. But (laughs) he needed needed cocaine. And he didn't have any money. So I'm at an ATM. I take like $80 out of an ATM. And I'm I'm literally like giving some guy $80 for cocaine. I'm one-eyeing it, okay? And I'm trying to look at this little baggie of cocaine. I'm so fucking drunk. It ends up being crumpled up wet paper towel in like a in, a, in like a, a like a quarter a quarter ounce bag. Yes. And like I don't know. I, a I don't do cocaine. B I'm so drunk. I had already been wheelchaired back to the room once and drop kicked one of my buddies like an hour later. <laughs> and he, this guy convinces me that he needs cocaine. Obviously, he never got the damn cocaine. No I, I don't. I don't remember what happened. I don't remember what happened after that, but, but I had to be at work at like fucking one o'clock the next day, you know? Yeah, wet paper towels. Wet paper towels wasn't helping you. 
I remember pulling over at like the John Bon Jovi Parkway exit and sleeping in my car for like an hour. I never made it home. I just went straight to work. Like every, every like 30 minutes, I have to pull over just to sleep a little bit on the way back to fucking work. Can we talk about these fucking rest stops uh, on the fucking parkway as uh, we're segueing you know, over that? Because you say bon- John Bon Jovi. I think like, it was. It could have been the... What, the Judy Bloom? I don't know. The James Gandolfini? You get fucking held up at that rest stop up north. Well, yeah, obviously, it's the name Jan- James Gandolfini. I mean, no, it's fuck. Your, it's the only place with a McDonald's that doesn't sell McDonald's cheeseburgers. Yeah, and there's it's like a bulletproof window to drive up to it. I've never been to a bulletproof rest stop. But the James Gandolfini well, is a bulletproof sh- rest stop. It, I mean, it should be. Yeah. yeah. If you're ever driving through New Jersey, just go past it. Just go past, like, at least if you go to the Bon Jovi one, you get, like, it's my life walking into the fucking, like, middle room. Yeah, you're living on a prayer. Yeah, you are. You are. With a $17 Burger King chicken sandwich. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? Yeah, man. What do you expect? I don't know. I, don't, I haven't eaten fast food in, I don't even know. Dude, the only thing the Parkway is good for is when they hike gas prices and they can't change them for a week. That's the only thing the Parkway has. Other than that, I'm a homeowner. I pay fucking gas taxes that go to nothing. I drive a Mini Cooper that gets a fucking flat every other fucking week because of a pothole. <laughs> like, yeah, it, that's it's, true. It's, it's stupid. That's true. It's stupid. I traded in a Jeep Grand Cherokee for a yeah, fucking Mini that. Cooper. For a Mini Cooper. What was I doing? I said I, said I need a family vehicle. I don't know. Fuck. Dude, you've been driving up here. I can't even fucking park in your driveway because I felt like I was on a fucking, I was on a... Yes, but my driveway is also like a fucking, like a 30-foot snowboard fucking kicker, like, coming into it, okay? Yeah, dude. It is. Dude, you think your driveway is like a fucking seesaw. Yeah. I mean, we ba- We have to back, we've got a, a 2018 Ford Fusion that I, j- I bought when I was working with um, Malabar, but, you know, it's, it's a hybrid, so it's like 30... Eight miles to a gallon or some shit. It's crazy. Yeah, well, you're not but, getting out of the driveway. Well, yeah. <laughs> we, we have to like strategically back it down the driveway, but it's like it takes like four different moves in order for the whole bottom to not just fucking get scraped up. Oh, and yeah. then we just, you know, two other trucks, so who cares? But still. <laughs> I always tell people, just park on the road. Yeah. Park on the road. You don't have to tell me, man. I started coming in. I saw you kind of like pull up and then like, you're like, eh, nope, fuck that. And I'm going back out there. Yeah, because I thought I almost just drove over a fucking cliff. And I heard a waterfall faintly in the back. Do you have a waterfall back there? No, it's a big creek back there though. And it just rained like mad for like two days. So it's pretty heavy. But not only is it scary coming up the big bump in the driveway, but there's rocks here. Big boulders, not just little motherfuckers. No, big boulders. There's like... Like four foot tall rocks on both fucking sides. Yeah. yeah. Did those come with the house or did you bring those here? No. I can't see somebody bringing those rocks here. No, all the rocks and shit were here. Like these are coming with me. Yeah, no, they're, they were, they're here. I, and, you know, I had a company come out and they're like, oh yeah, let us pave your driveway because driveway needs to get paved. It hasn't been paved in years. Yeah, but. your driveway needs a fucking escalator. Well, and I'm like, can you guys take that like fucking berm out of the top where it's like up and then down? Yeah. Because like even plowing it, like I've got a side by side with a, a plow on it, but it's a pain in the ass just to plow it. Because like once you get up to the top, like the plow comes up 
And then, it, like, by the time it comes down again, you miss this, the whole crown of the goddamn driveway. You can't even fucking plow. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to have to get out there and shovel that myself. What do you people feel like at home, huh? You like shoveling snow? No. Of course not. It sucks. Who does? You like drinking rum, people? I like drinking rum. So... How you how are you guys feeling about the first and now second episode since we've been back from our hiatus? Because there's a lot that has happened in the world and um I don't really want to delve into all of it right now. You people have been alive so you you know what's going on. It's fucked. Big time. I mean fuck. My wife literally so my wife does uh she does IVF and uh so she works in a lab and up until this week, what day is it? It's Tuesday, right? I think so. Yeah. Up until yesterday, she, because she, we're, we're not vaccinated and we're not like anti-vaxxers or whatever the fuck, but we got COVID early and we're like, all right, well, we are like, it didn't really affect us. So we're like, ah, well, whatever. Like you can still get COVID and spread COVID with the vaccine. So we're like, we already had it. So we've got some antibodies and are like our systems kind of kicked it in the ass anyway. So we're just like, fuck it. We just never got vaccine. Like we didn't think anything of it, you know, but her work, because she was unvaxxed, they've, they've been making her continue still to this day up until yesterday, take weekly, two weekly COVID tests and have to like submit them to HR with pictures and negative results and all this shit. And it's like, it's obviously like. You know, at first, like, the COVID tests are free, but, like, they're not always free. So, like, it's cost us a bunch of money. Just well, What if she, like, just screenshot the same test and just, like, sent it in? I don't know. Maybe she could have done that, but we're... I feel... I find, like, it's so hard to fucking, like... You know, like, what, like a COVID test could be two different things these days. Like, it could be, like, something, like, as hardcore as that, or it could be, like, a fucking week off of work. Yeah, but crazy. He, yeah, but the week off of work for her is now PTO, yeah. and you only you only get so much PTO, and you want to use PTO for like good things and not having to waste them because you have fucking COVID or like your COVID test is you know some kind of nonsense. But the the point is is they should have stopped doing COVID tests months ago. All right, and the fact that they. They made her get COVID tests because she was unvaccinated. But meanwhile, like in the height of it, all of the vaccinated people were getting COVID and spreading COVID and she wasn't getting COVID or spreading COVID. That's the fucked up part. You know what I mean? Like everybody's immune system different. Everybody's tolerance levels different, you know, and I get it. But it was like, okay, like it was redundant because it was like, well, you're vaccinated, but you're getting it and spreading it anyway. Like, like if the vaccine was like, you don't get it and you don't spread it, or you get it and you don't spread it, then fuck, let's all get vaxxed. You know? I'm not trying to get into like... No, but like it, was a a weird, it was a weird fucking time, though. Of man. course it was. It was a weird time. Because know? what did the government say? Well, I mean... They said, get vaxxed because you can't spread COVID. And then they're like, well, maybe like... like a little bit. Yeah. Maybe, and, and then they're like, oh, it's like 50% effective. And then they're like, oh, well, it's 30% effective. And then it's like, what are we doing here? All right. <laughs> I trust my own immune system more than I trust the fucking United States government. Yeah. Literally. You know, I've, I've had, I got it. 
I got COVID back in March when... I remember when you got it. You were, like, the first person I knew that had COVID. Yeah, technically, I was one of the first, like, I think, like, what, 1,500 people. You went to, like, I forget, you went out, like, I went to, to a, dinner uh, with, like, a couple of, like, other, like, brand guys or some shit? Yeah, I was, I was in New York at, like, uh, just a fucking supplier kind of thing and, you know, an event. And I shook hands with somebody that had COVID that... You know, obviously, he didn't know. Yeah. And, um... I mean, that was, like, in the beginning, though. Yeah, that was, like, the first week of March. That's what I'm saying. That's before, like... Like, I forget what it was. Like, I was doing an event, and you were supposed to be there, and it was like, oh, no, Nick's sick. Or Nick won't be there. He's sick. Yeah. And then it was like, like, I don't know. Somebody was like, oh, maybe he's got COVID. It was like when... And it was a joke, because COVID didn't even really exist back then. I know, it was a joke. And I I remember leading, (laughs) leading up to this event... Because I do. I was like, whoa, man. Like, I'm going to be in Manhattan. Like, there's, like, suppliers from, like, Italy and shit there. I was just in Philly the week before. Like, I'm like, yo, that is going to be crazy. So I, I went to this event, you know, did it, shook hands with this dude. And then, like, two Do days- you know the dude that had it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know I, who gave I it to you? I know who gave it to me. Fuck. I, like, know who gave it to me. Have you seen him since? Uh, I saw him one time. And the only reason I remember it was him because <laughs> he had a mustache like mine at the time. Big fucking handlebar <laughs> mustache. And, like, I just you, you just... you just remember people like that. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, you son of a bitch, man. So, but what, what are you going to do about it? You know, Nothing. Uh, not, There's you, nothing you, know, you can I'm do. I'm sure he didn't mean it. So I, uh, I, I remember I went to the hospital and I was like, oh, yeah, it's like, what's going on here? Like, you know, I was in Camden, you know, Philly's a hot spot. Like I was up in New York, you know, a bunch of Italians were spitting in cups in front of me. Like, and I don't feel good. <laughs> and I remember you saying like that it was like four different doctors before you get yeah, fucking diagnosed properly. Yeah. Like so it was first, such a fucking headache. The first hospital I went to, they were just like not taking serious at all. Like the doctor came in, took off his gloves and his mask and shook my hand and was like, ah, go home for a couple of days and just like, you know, when you feel better, you feel better. Oh, you'll be fine, man. Yeah. Uh, oh, no big deal here. We're in the islands. No, like, fuck you. I was like, Yo, How about this? I was like, Yo, my dude, I don't feel good. I'm like, I know my body and there's something wrong. I'm like, can you test me for that thing called COVID? And they were like, no. We don't have any tests. They were like, they were like we don't have tests and we have to like call the CDC and see if they'll approve to send a test to the hospital so you could take it. And I'm like, yo, this is fucking crazy. So I was like, I'm here for it. And they're like, we're not. So go home. So I went home and um, I waited a couple days. And Did was, Libby ever get it? Yeah, you know, they wouldn't test my wife. They just told her to assume at that point. So, um, so, so after you actually tested positive. Well, yo, so. They I, wouldn't I, test her for it. So I went home from the first hospital, right? And, like, and this is right in the beginning of COVID. Yeah, like this is how weeks. fucked our government is. Yeah, it was crazy. So it was like the first couple of weeks of March. It was like within literally the first three weeks. Um, so I like go home, wait for a couple of days, and then like, you know, two more days at home. Like, I just don't feel right. Like, yeah. you know your you body know. when you yeah. know your body. So instead of going back to the same hospital, I went to another hospital. And when I went to another hospital, because it's been a few more days and things accelerated, they took it mad serious. And they, like, put me in the back room and all that. And, you know, they they tested me. But 
after they took the test, they didn't want to like tell me I had COVID because <laughs> they, they didn't want to be the hospital. They didn't want to be like the first hospital to have a fucking COVID patient. Yeah. So like, you're like, you were like case number five. Yeah, it was nuts. So Donald just, Trump was still screaming out like everything is under control. And I'm not, this is not going on me being an anti-Trumper or anti-Biden or I don't care about politics, but. You know, he was still screaming that, like, oh, everything's under control. We've got, like, there are no cases. Yeah, no, and that you, wasn't and true. You had, and you were one of those cases. So I, like... That's fucking wicked. So I finally, like, you know, I went to another hospital, got tested, went home, and they were like, just kick it for a couple of days. Well, next thing I know, like, it's been, like, it was, like, a couple of weeks, and, like, I had, like, 103 fever Holy for, like, three shit. weeks straight. Like, it was weird. And, um, finally, like, I, I, luckily I know some people within New Jersey politics that like, I was able to reach out to, to like, be like, Hey, like, I don't know what's going on right now. And like, I need to know what's going on. Uh, the, the funny part of it, that's though, scary though, because like at that time in that week, like it went from like zero to like a thousand. Yeah. So uh, I finally got a call from the hospital, like, it was, like, three weeks in, and I was just starting to recover at that point, and they were like, hey, you got COVID, and I was like, ah, I'm sick again, and I went, and, like, hid away from the world, because I, I just didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah, so, you're like, I don't want to endanger my friends or my family. Yeah, and so. like, all I hear is this is fucking deadly, and people are on respirators and shit. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not, thank God. Not this but time. But, I, you know, it's still fucking me up. So, you know, growing up in life, um, my mother, you know, I always told her that one day I would be first in something. <laughs> I don't know what it was going to be, but I knew I was going to be first in something. There so, you, go. you know, I, I hop up, I get up one day, you know, hop on my phone and, you know, looking up the COVID updates and all that. And I see a list of towns by county of cases so i look in and i'm going through and i get to monmouth county and you know i'm like going through you know tom's river get down to like where i'm from yeah and when i look in my town had a covid count of one and that was you <laughs> that was fucking me there you go. So I like sent it to my mom. That's a like, proud mom moment. I was right like, there. "Mom, put this on the fridge." I told you I was going to be first in something. <laughs> oh my god! So that's my that's my COVID story, man. It was it was fucking crazy. I got it. Nobody fucking believed me. I got over it, and then I had to wait for the rest of the world to catch up. Can you believe that, people? Can you fucking believe that? Now we're we're we're. Approaching the end of hour two here, and we're going to summarize real quick. So what has happened tonight was we had a wonderful talk with our dear friend, Nick Tango. We've also drank some delicious VSOP rum from Clement. We had some lovely spiced rum from Bounty, which is like a flat cream soda. We drank some Reaper rum from um, Raleigh. It is... Uh, Raleigh Distilling, Raleigh, yeah. Raleigh Distilling, Reaper Rum. Um, we have shout outs that we have to give out to Notorious Pink. If you have not had Notorious Pink, 
you need to go and have it right now, immediately. Um, Equus Hospitality, of course. And, uh, you know, we are a cocktail cult. And we're going to leave the last uh, 30 seconds here to our friend Nick Tango to say goodbye. But thank you for joining us. And motherfucking peace out. We will see you at the next edition. Well, for the last 25 seconds, I would just like to thank everybody for listening to our two-hour conversation of love, happiness, and magic. Speaking about my favorite thing in the world, rum. And getting along with my second thing, friendships. So thank you very much, guys. And I hope to see you all soon. We're back, motherfuckers. Oh, 